No one likes to feel stuck, especially by your cloud. But the IBM cloud is the most open and secure public cloud for business. It can manage all your apps and data anywhere. Smart loves problems. IBM, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash flexible. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schaap. We start with perhaps the biggest story of the week, the Colin Kaepernick workout, which... I guess you could say went awry. It was supposed to be an NFL organized workout at the last moment. Uh, there were complications. I guess we could put it that way. And Kaepernick worked out, uh, under his own auspices. Our Howard Bryant, our frequent guest and good friend was covering, uh, the goings on and he joins us now. Howard, thank you for being with us. Hey, good morning, Jeremy. Howard, it's been uh it's been a busy week for Colin Kaepernick and and for you personally as well. Uh we're speaking now on Thursday and uh how are you wrapping your head around the events of last weekend and subsequently? Well, I think the bottom line, Jeremy, really is, is that a week later we still have questions that simply have been unanswered and it's really important to get those questions answered. As of A week ago today, the NFL and Colin Kaepernick, it was a Thursday, they had pretty much set the die in motion in terms of a workout in Flowery Branch, Atlanta, Flowery Branch, Georgia, about an hour northeast of Atlanta at the Falcons uh, facility. However, what they hadn't done was work out the actual details of the workout itself. What were the parameters going to be? Who was going to be in what positions, et cetera, et cetera. And so... The bizarre nature of what took place was on Tuesday, the NFL gave Colin Kaepernick's team Mm. a two-hour take-it-or-leave-it offer to be in Atlanta on Saturday. But they had done this essentially without the buy-in of the 32 teams. And essentially it appeared what was going to happen was that the teams – the, the teams being Kaepernick's team and the NFL office's legal team were going to have some sort of rolling negotiation up until Saturday. I guess both sides fairly confident that they could get a deal done. Not necessarily the way to go when you've got so much animosity between these two sides for the past three years. Neither side had spoken since Kaepernick and the league had settled their collusion, settled their lawsuit in February. So they hadn't spoken in what, eight months, nine months. Mm. And so As the week rolled on, detail after detail after detail became sticking point after sticking point. And by the time we got to Friday night, the Kaepernick team was beginning to feel very pessimistic that anything was going to happen. Yet they also didn't want to be caught in a situation where they went down there and they didn't want to be accused of sandbagging the event. They wanted to make sure that by the time they left Atlanta, there was some footage of Colin Kaepernick working out for the world. So they began mobilizing, looking for an alternate plan B location, calling school districts, calling, they called Georgia Tech. They were calling different places to see where they could hold a workout in case these negotiations broke down. Eventually, they had settled if things hadn't worked out at uh, the Charles R. Drew High School in Riverdale, about 10 minutes south of the Atlanta airport. And by Saturday morning, the workout was supposed to take place at 3 p.m. Saturday, by 11, 11.30, things were going even further south. And by, by 2.20, the Kaepernick team informed 
the NFL, even though while I was sitting out in front of the gate at the Falcons facility, NFL teams began, you know, NFL teams began arriving to the facility. Kaepernick's team had informed the NFL that they were not going to be attending and that they had planned in, indeed to go to plan B, an alternate site an hour away. And that's where things broke down. Kaepernick's team went down to Riverdale. They did the, they did their workout for about an hour from around 4.30 to 5.30 on Saturday. Eight NFL teams went down and watched the workout. The other 17 or so decided to skip it, including Hugh Jackson, who was supposed to be running the, the workout for the NFL. We're speaking with Howard Bryant, who's been covering the Colin Kaepernick workout and negotiations with the NFL for the last week and has been covering the Colin Kaepernick story now for more than three years. And and ultimately, Howard, what was, how do we put this, the straw that broke the camel's back, the ultimate sticking point that could not be surmounted? The ultimate sticking point was trust, really. It's, it's turned into a truth issue. He said, she said, but the bottom line was trust. And the Kaepernick team wanted to have their their own independent cameras filming the workout. The press was not allowed to attend, so the Kaepernick team felt like they were in real danger of having the NFL take and edit the raw footage to to broadcast outlets that they were they, they didn't trust that the NFL wouldn't mm. just simply take an hour workout and break it down to his five worst throws or the the mistakes that he may have made in terms of footwork or whatever, that he wanted the world to see the entire workout. He didn't want to be at the mercy of the NFL. The NFL, on the other hand, refused to allow them to have independent cameras. And with no media and no independent cameras, the Kaepernick team felt too exposed. And they felt like that was something they couldn't abide by. What about the waiver? Not just the injury waiver, which would indemnify the NFL if Colin Kaepernick got hurt during this workout, but would also prevent Kaepernick from pursuing litigation against the NFL based on anything that's happened since uh, the um, the settlement they reached back in February. Well, the Kaepernick team had no intention of signing that waiver that was so broad it would have essentially forfeited Collins' rights in case something took place at the workout. And what they were really afraid of, what the real deal was, it wasn't necessarily injury. It was... It, it was the post-workout interview that took place later. For example, mm. the real question was, obviously, every team in the league that had talked to Kaepernick was going to ask him, if we sign you, do you plan on kneeling? Mm -hmm. And if he had said yes, and then subsequently no team signed him, that may have produced an actionable offense. That might have been proof of collusion. Or if one team talked to him and he said he was going to kneel, and that information got around to the other 32 teams, then had Colin Kaepernick signed that waiver, then he would have had no recourse for a second collusion lawsuit. I simply believe, from what I've heard in terms of the reporting, that that there was simply no trust between these two, that the, NF, that the, that the Kaepernick team countered with just let's just get that language out of there and let's just do a standard injury waiver and the nfl said no to that and and between that and the videotaping this whole thing fell apart we're speaking again with howard bryant the espn senior writer who's been covering the colin kaepernick saga if that's the right word for the last several years and of course there was a lot of um news around that this week which we have now been discussing but and look, Howard, we've talked about this a lot over the last few years, and um, I think uh, you know there are fair criticisms and questions to be raised about uh, 
about Colin Kaepernick, uh, about what has happened over the last few years, about whether uh, his strategy was ultimately a strategy that was beneficial to the cause that he was hoping to champion. Those are questions that we can put aside right now. But the question is, why would the NFL possibly expect him and why should it expect him to sign away his rights um, to pursuing litigation against them if they were doing something untoward? And yeah. and how would they possibly expect that um, to fly? Yeah, it's an excellent question, Jeremy. And this is exactly what the reporting is all for. We're trying to figure out. And not only that, but the initial question is, is that why out of the blue? Why now, after having not spoken since February, why was now the time to do this? And why, if you have such a contentious relationship, did you give the Kaepernick team two hours, take it or leave it, yes mm. or no? The Kaepernick team's attitude was, we need to push this back. This is a high-profile thing. This is a very delicate thing. If you're serious about it, and if we're serious about it, let's sit down and hammer out all these details before we make everything public. So there is no turning back. So we all have an agreement. We all move forward in the right direction, and we do the workout. But the way this thing went down, the trust issues just continued to disintegrate because the Kaepernick team believed that the NFL was more interested in, 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 in the press planning and in the publicity of it than actually hammering out an agreement that everybody could be happy with. What we thought a week ago might turn into a story about the reconciliation of the NFL with Colin Kaepernick, uh, a very much different story now as we consider it a few days later. Howard Bryant has been covering it for ESPN. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. I'm Jeremy Schapp, and you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.